Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Mark chapter 10. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these things I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and he loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed, and they said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first.
They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Three days later he'll rise from the dead. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them all together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him to me. So they went and called the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. The religious leaders came to Jesus and tried to entrap him in some way regarding divorce because Moses had made provision for divorce and they thought Jesus was opposed to divorce, which he was, but he recognized what Moses had already told the people. So in verse 6, he said, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together let no one separate. And so Jesus instructed them and said Moses had given them the right to divorce because of the hardness of their hearts. But at the beginning, in the first marriage, and Jesus quotes from the marriage of Adam and Eve in this passage, God intended that male and female would be joined together for their entire life. And he said this was the intent that they were joined, that they would become one flesh. 
he also implied that God was the one that joined them together, and that since God had done this, God had invented marriage, God had selected male and female to be in a marriage bond, that no human had the right to separate them. And so from that perspective, divorce was not the highest and best will of God. And so I say to all of you that are listening, first, those of you that are in marriages that are difficult, God's highest and best is always that there would be redemption from within the marriage. But for those of you who have already experienced a divorce, there's mercy, there's grace for you, just like it was in the days of Jesus. And maybe your heart was right, and the person you were married to, their heart was not right. You're not bound in such a marriage if they divorce you. And so Jesus has compassion for you now, as he did in the first century, and he's aware that sometimes marriages become toxic and you're no longer able to sustain them. But the scriptures testify that God joins a man and woman together. And once that's happened, no man or woman has the right to separate them. And this is God's highest and best, that there would be a redemptive path in every marriage for them to stay together. And um, if it's already passed, if the time has passed, it's passed. But if you're still in a difficult marriage, ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to once again join you together. In this chapter, he also lays hands on little children and blesses them. This is one of the patterns of blessing. Uh, Jesus himself laid hands on people and children and blessed them. In verse 13, it says people were bringing children to him to place his hands on them. And so this was a well-known thing with Jesus. He liked to lay his hands on the children. And uh, verse 16 says he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. And so this is a pattern of, of blessing laying hands on and blessing. And you can do that to your own children. You can do that to your own family members. You can lay your hands on them and bless them in the name of the Lord. He encounters a rich young ruler who um, is very righteous, apparently, and Jesus loved the man, but he discerned that the man's wealth had him in bondage. And so the man refused to deal with his wealth, and um, Jesus recognized it was an issue in the man's life. And so I tell people in our congregation that the Lord is not opposed to you having wealth. The Lord is opposed to the wealth having a grip on you. And say that a different way. The Lord uses people many times and receives people many times that have great financial ability to to do, and they have uh, resources. The resources are not the problem. The attitude of your heart toward the resources can be a problem. And so the the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, not money is the root of all evil. You have to check your heart to see if you love money. Is it a problem between you and God, your love for money? Jesus goes on to talk to the disciples about whoever wants to be great in the kingdom of God. He says that whoever is great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. Now, of course, this was not the way of the world in that time, and it's not the way of the world now. But it's the way of the kingdom. Whoever wants to be great in the kingdom must be the servant of all. Whoever is the the greatest in the kingdom puts themselves last and puts others first. And so for you and I, it's the upside-down kingdom. It's not conducted according to the ways of the world. It's conducted according to the ways of the Bible. And the Bible says that you need to promote others ahead of yourself. The Bible says that you need to serve others. The Bible says that if you want to be first, then you're going to be last. And so our motivation should be to bring others to a higher place in God, to bring others up 
into the purposes they were created for. This is the will of God for you and I, friends. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, serve others. And so, Lord, I pray that we would indeed embrace this to become the servant of others. Lord, we want to be your servant first and foremost, and we read these words to be pleasing to you. We must serve others. Give us the grace to serve others. Give us the grace to lay our hands on them and bless them. Give us the grace to love them. Give us the grace to work through difficult marriages. Give us the grace to do what needs to be done. And we ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.